Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What is up, everyone? Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night. I am so excited to get to celebrate Theater Camp, which is wonderful, a delight, you must watch it. And also the work of Molly Gordon, not just Theater Camp, but you have so much that we need to celebrate today. And I'm very excited to do it right now. Thank you. Well, we we also need to celebrate you. Everyone needs to be celebrated today. I appreciate that. (laughs) I appreciate that more than you know. Okay, so we are going to kick this off with dicey questions. That's where every ladies night begins. I do not have the dice tower with me. It did not come to the East Coast. So I have eight random numbers here. You'll just pick three of them and then whatever questions they correspond to, that is where we begin. Got it. So one one at a time, because I will never remember all three. What is your first number of eight? Uh, Two. Okay. So two two is a a theater camp inspired question. I want to know what is the strangest thing you've ever put in your special skills section on a headshot resume? So funny. Um, I think, oh God, I feel like I lied so much in the beginning. I think I said I was a drummer once because they were, I really wanted to be in this like girl band musical and, um, yeah, drumming's really hard. And then there was a dr- they were like, okay, great, you can come to the drumming audition. And I I bailed before. It's not that exciting, but I I I was like, I can't drum. I'm not gonna publicly drum for you. Here's here's a fun follow-up that I ask every once in a while. If you got the opportunity to learn a new skill or about a different profession through a role, what would you choose and why? Ooh, God. Um I would love to a couple things. I'd love to learn another language. Like I just didn't take it seriously as a kid. And when I actually could really take it in, right. When it can actually get in your brain. Um, and then, yeah, like I would love to learn how to cook. I, the, the only thing I was upset about joining the bear was when Chris told me I was playing a doctor. I was like, are you serious? I'm joining a cooking show. I should learn how to cook. He's like, no, you're a doctor. And uh, that's the situation. <laughs> can, can you can you cook? Did you pick up anything while just like being on that set in that environment around them? Yeah, I, I, I've learned maybe I'm 1% better. Uh, Coco, Chris's sister is the culinary producer and she's an amazing chef and 
she helped Jeremy make me bolognese and I uh, learned how to like specifically pick up fresh pasta, um, which, and when have I ever made fresh pasta? But um, if I ever go down that journey of being someone that does that, I will know how to spoon it out. As someone who can't cook a single thing in this world, everything that happens on that show just like blows my mind, can't process it. All right, we are up to your second pick. What's your second number? Four. You sound so like uncertain when you select the number. You got you got another safe one. This is also a theater camp inspired question. I want to know what is your favorite summer camp movie that is not theater camp. Ooh, God. I mean, I love The Parent Trap. It's um, it's such a good movie. But also, I really like the documentary. It's very sad, but Jesus Camp, which we we were inspired by a lot of the imagery of the kids, um, there's like a blackout and uh, they use all these flashlights and we stole that idea for our film. Obviously, totally very different pieces, but um, but that's a really compelling documentary. That it is. I do recommend everyone out there watch it if they have not. All right. You have one last pick. What is your final number? Uh, got eight. Okay. This Here's an acting specific one for you. I love this question. This is called High Low. Can you give me one audition high, but then I also want one audition low and what you learned from it that you were able to apply to future auditions? Oh, God. Audition high, audition low. Okay. What will forever be my audition high was that I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up going to the Groundlings, saw Melissa McCarthy perform live, and then I got to audition in person with her for Life of the Party, and we improvised a scene, and it was just like the most magic moment of my life, and even if I didn't get the job, it would have been like a profound moment, and she was so giving as a scene partner even in the audition, Um, and I look up to her so much, so that was definitely a high. Um, I have so many lows, Perry. I, it's hard to choose from. Um, God, what was a specific low? I mean, a really, a really hard one was one time for a screen test. Like, I got to the end of an audition for like this bigger Netflix show when like Netflix was just starting, and they had given me the wrong sides. Like, I, so I had the and I, I get there and they're like, "Okay, hey, do you have the, the the breakfast scene?" And I was like no, I have this river scene or something. And they were like, well, we're not doing the river scene. We're doing the breakfast scene. You have two minutes to look at this. And I'm dyslexic. And so I was looking at it. And then I go in and I'm reading opposite the actor for the screen test. And I think I like completely spoke in like, for speaking of other languages, I made up a language, like bombed it in a way where people are like, it's, wow, you like, you you did you did you did the word you did words like they didn't know what to say and it was horrible and then that show obviously went on to be hugely 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 see I can't speak hugely successful um but it was a very now I look back on it and it's funny all right now we are in the meat of the interview and we begin every single ladies night here what is the movie the performance personal experience you name it that first made you say to yourself I absolutely have to be an actor I mean my dad um, showed me The Graduate when I was like 11, which I, I did not understand the kind of um, what was going on between an, an older woman and a younger man. I, I didn't understand that, but I understood the visual language of it and like the just like that shot of him in the pool and the shot through the aquarium. And like I was just so taken with like 
how beautiful it was. And I also was like dancing around a lot to Paul Simon at the time. And I was like, this is so cool. It, I, what is this? What is this? Like, and he was like, this is a movie. And I was so like, oh my God, I want to be inside of this. And so I don't want to be inside of that dynamic. Um, I didn't understand it, but I was so um, just like, it was so electric. And I, I just knew that I wanted to live inside of something like that. I love that you were so aware of that part of filmmaking at that point. Now it's making me wonder, do you remember the very first time that you were on a professional set and like everything around you melted away and you were just fully in like a character or a story where you didn't notice like the gigantic crew around you, but like it was just fully in the moment and focused to an extent that maybe you had never experienced before? Ooh, um, I'm trying, oh God. I, I mean- the, the experience I had on Shiva Baby because it was um, – we were all on top of each other. We were in a very hot house in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, that movie was made for $200,000. And we're all on top of each other. The crew is in a small space. And when Rachel and I did our first scene together, everything melted away. Like, I didn't care how hot I was. I didn't – I couldn't tell that we were all on top of each other. I just felt so connected and locked in with her. And it, it's like that's the magic of of – movies. That is such a good movie. I'm very glad you name drop that one. That is a, a frequent rewatch in this house. Right now I'm I'm out east with my family and we were, we rewatched that movie way too much. Very anxiety provoking for a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean a little, I, I seem to, I seem to be drawn to that type of stuff. As you just said that my mind immediately went back to a particular episode in the bear. We will get there. First, I want to go back to studying your craft in college. Cause I have read that you didn't love your program. So in, in hope that more college programs will only get better and better in the future, what is something that you wish they had done differently or offered to you to better align with how and what you wanted to study? I mean, I think college is just so expensive and uh, I just wanted, I, I didn't, they kind of just were like, this is what you're doing, these classes. And, um, and there were, you know, I felt like I'm 18, I finally get a chance to like, really learn what I want to learn and, and be kind of a, I don't know, like a, the world just felt like my college now. Like I, I felt like I wanted to be like in life and not like told exactly what to learn because I was in an acting studio, but like the most beautiful part of acting is that there isn't one right answer. There isn't one right technique. And I just needed to kind of have that on my own terms. So I dropped out and I took just class, like 45 classes in New York City um, and wanted to try everything. I just didn't want to kind of be told what to try. Oh, I have many follow-up questions. Uh, speaking of the idea of kind of like trusting your voice and your instincts, can you give me an example of a time earlier on in your career when, you know, something else might have been suggested to you, but you knew it was a moment to trust your own instincts and how you wanted to tackle a role? You spoke up, you were heard, and now it made a difference for the better in your character or the show or film overall. I mean, I feel really lucky to have as hard as it was you know to work as a woman in this business pre me too and then post me too I feel like it I really just get to see the growth and the the difference and I've I had some harder experiences before that time and um and didn't kind of I, yeah I, I inter internalized all of it and didn't speak up about a lot of things and it's just been I don't even have a particular experience it's just been so incredible that now I, I can speak up if something doesn't feel right, but also that it just doesn't happen as often. It's so, it was so exciting on the bear that like 
everything was talked about. And I, I was asked, are you comfortable about this before it was even sent out to the crew? Like it was just, it's just so different than past experiences. So I just feel really lucky that I, even though no one should have lived in the pre Me Too time that like, I've just been able to see that that shift. Oh, I love that. I can't wait to like consider those leadership opportunities and apply them to your work as a director and producer on theater camp. We will do that soon. I want to go back a little and ask you a question that I asked both Rachel and Io, because I'm curious how your answer is going to differ. When you first decided you wanted to be an actor, professional actor, what did you think was step one to making that happen? And now looking back, is that a step you would recommend to another aspiring actor? Or did you find something that was more effective along the way? That is, that's really, really, really funny. Um, oh God, I, um, thought that my, the first step was I thought that you had to have really edgy photos and I had my friend, um, bring around their old bike and I dressed up like super goth and took a bunch of photos with them, like hanging on this old bike. And then at this time, like no one wanted to represent me, obviously, and then sent those out to the people that had rejected me being like, look, like I'm not just this sweet girl, like I I can be edgy. And they never responded to them. Um, They're horrifying images. Um, My friend's not a photographer. They were all blurry, too. So um, I don't think that you need to have edgy photos. Okay. (laughs) They they both gave me examples. I mean, it kind of aligns with what you just said. They both gave me examples of like, cold emails and messages they sent. Like, I'll never forget Rachel reaching out to, like, who, whoever was in charge of casting Twilight, asking to be a background vampire or something in Twilight. I mean, I would have, first of all, she would have been iconic as that. I would have loved to have seen Oh, I believe that. Um, but no, I, I I wish I could see all of Rachel's cold emails because that woman gets, every, she, she gets it done for herself. She, I'm sure she sent some other uh, Robert Pattinson films some emails, I'm sure. <laughs> I I would believe it. And so sometimes I feel like a cold email could be a good way to do it. You really you really never know. You never know. 100%. All right. Um this kind of aligns with something you had just mentioned. I wanted to bring up Animal Kingdom and I have uh, two questions about that. First, because that is so different than a lot of the other work you've delivered since. When you are working on that show, is it ever a conversation where like, I am worried Hollywood is going to do that thing where they box me into this and restrict me from jumping back into the comedy roles that I love and really want to do more of? Yeah, I mean, it was so funny because that was my first job, my first real job. And it's it was kind of so unlike and like me as a human um, that I kind of was excited because I was like, I was worried I was more going to get put in the box of the comedy girl. Um, and I really, you know, some of my favorite shows are so much darker uh, than you would think. And so I, I, I enjoyed that. But but yeah, right around that time, I got the Melissa McCarthy movie. And that was like such a great moment because also I didn't want to just live in like this heavy, like uh, male surfing world for forever. I wanted to have some levity and, and with everything that I do, I want to bring humor, even like a darker piece. And I think I was like a funny juxtaposition in that show because everything was so intense. And then I think I would even be told by the directors, like, you don't need to make this funny. Like it's serious, but I always try to make everything a little bit funny. So with with that in mind, is there anything that now looking back on that experience makes you think like, even though I'm doing much more comedy now, I am so glad that my first professional film set experience was on that set with those people working with that kind of material? Yeah, no, I feel really, I feel really grateful. Also, just working on a TV show is like the dream film school, the pace, 
um, the different directors that come in. So you get to learn from so many different kinds of people and you also like really make a family. And um, yeah, I, I feel like I learned so much like as an actor and also as a, as, as like a director now from, from that experience. But, um, but yeah, it's hard when you get like kind of put in a box for a specific thing. I feel like I'm trying to crawl out of boxes all the time. Yeah, this industry has a habit of doing it. And the greatest thing in the world is that everyone is capable of doing it many different genres and wearing many different hats. I'm just so excited to talk about the fact that you wear so many hats on Theater Camp. Before I get there, though, I love talking about the idea of breaking out in this industry because from the outsider perspective, it can be entirely different than what the person experiencing the breakout actually went through. So before I can even ask you my question, I have to ask, what is the the title that you consider your breakout role in the industry? Oh my God. I don't think I've break. I don't even, I don't, I, I, I feel so lucky to just have another job. So I don't like think of anything that way. Um, I think getting to be a part of things that people actually watch is new for me. Like I think getting to be on the bear and, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, I didn't catch that or I watched it on a plane. Like, so to get to be on something that's so in the zeitgeist is so cool. And, and I feel very lucky to be a part of that. I love that. When I, when I Google your name and the word breakout, I feel like, like literally everything. It's like the book smart breakout star, <laughs> like literally every single thing you've done, it seems like. Like that is, that is the headline again, but if you're going to use the bear as your example, can you, can you give me maybe one example of something that has changed for the better doors that have opened because of the bear and its popularity, but then also what is something that's more of a misconception about what it means to break out in Hollywood? I mean, I would say that, by the way, this was like, I was like, is this glowing like an orb? But I think it's just my computer. Um, I mean, it's a nice effect in the background. <laughs> like some lighting design. We love it. Um, you know, I, I would say what I just said. I think being on something that, you know, a, a filmmaker that I love or, or, or an actor reaches out or something, uh, being on something that these people actually watch is, is a new experience for me. But it just came out. So I'm – I there, I can't speak to anything and I might never get another job. So who knows, Perry? Oh, um, please. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think – what was the second part of the question? Sorry. Uh, a misconception about what it means to break out in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, I think I – a job doesn't lead to another job. Like it's – it's you kind of – yes, people are more aware of you, but – it's kind of this clean slate every single time you go into, you know, an audition or a self-tape, like they might, you know, have seen you in something that they liked, but also they have a vision of what the character is and you just might not fit that. That's the biggest thing I had to just like sit with. I'm now like 10 years into this career, like, oh, it's just so not about me. And especially auditioning kids on our movie, like they would be amazing and they would just be not how we envisioned the character. And sometimes they wouldn't be, but they would totally switch our idea of it and we want them to be in it. But a lot of times it's just not, it's like, it's just not in your hands. And you know, that, that rejection has gotten easier as I've gotten older. It's such a hard thing to process. One of my most recent guests had mentioned that when she first started out, she did a two-week internship at a casting director's office, and that was the big takeaway that behind closed doors, sometimes those decisions are all about do they fit the role the way they envision it, and do they pair well with the other actor's cast? And it has nothing to do with what you delivered, nothing whatsoever. No, it's it it, it kind, of, but that's life, right? It's like life, it's life. Life, life has other plans for for everything. You just can't control anything, and 
you gotta let go, which I don't know how to do. So I, I need to learn. <sighs> I, I feel your pain. I think I suffer from that quite a bit as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right. Um, you bring up directing kids. So that's the first thing I want to ask you about with theater camp. What is something you wanted to do for your youngest actors on that set that you would have liked to have had more of when you were first starting out on your first professional sets as an actor? I mean, the hardest thing when getting this movie financed was that no one could believe that kids could improvise. And I always just had this strong gut reaction that they would be so much better than us because they're so free and uninhibited. And also like, you can throw something out at them like, hey, why don't you try this? And they're not thinking, oh, they didn't like what I just did. Like they haven't gotten jaded and self-conscious as if they've gotten older, like they're just free and happy to be there. And they just showed up and were absolutely brilliant and improvised around us. But it was because we didn't treat, we didn't like baby them like kids. We treated them like adults with such care and, and um, you know, made sure that they felt comfortable fully through it. But I think, um, I've been on sets where the kid gets so babied and I think they, um, I don't know, I think it, it they want to be treated like professionals and, and, and they, they all just wanted to be a part of this ensemble and f really feel a part of it and have a seat at the table. Um, and I just feel so lucky that I got to work with so many amazing children. They are exceptional. I feel like it's not easy, especially in the middle of an ensemble of so many like experienced heavyweights to be able to take, you know, smaller roles, so to speak, and make them stand out and feel like real humans while also doing the improv. And they managed to do it all, which is very impressive. Yeah, they're they're like absolutely extraordinary. This new generation of kids like are so much more informed and in themselves and I felt like I learned so much and I want to be like them when I'm older. Like they're, they're just very, um, it's a very special group. And, um, and yeah, it also was just really important to me that their like parents felt really comfortable and safe and like that I developed a relationship with them from the beginning too, and that they felt a part of it. So then they also could give us space to really just like connect with their kids. And I feel so lucky that they allowed me to do that. And, and, um, I know that can be a complicated thing, so I feel very lucky. For sure. Looking back on some of your past experience as an actor working with directors, is there any particular past director you've worked with that you found their approach influencing your own approach to the work most, I guess? I mean, Chris, or the the director of The Bear and the Creator, um, he, uh, I worked with him on Rami about five years ago, and I worked only three days on that show, but it was like the most special experience. I like have always dreamed of returning back to that home 
And he just, he treats every member of the crew like they're the most important person there. The caterer, the hairdresser, the actor, every single person. And everyone's so excited to be at work. And I think people don't realize that, but actually most people on film sets are not happy to be there. And I think that's been a sad thing I've discovered. Like, wait, we have our dream jobs. And everyone's like, ugh, when are we done? You know, and everyone just so wanted to show up to Rami and show up to the bear. And, and, um, and yeah, I, I really tried to, to do that on our, on our film, which, you you know, was, which I made with four people. So it was like a collective and I wanted every crew member to feel a part of that collective and every cast member as well as the children. And I think, you know, we had 19 days and it was chaotic and crazy, but everyone wanted to be there, which I, which um, is something that I'm proud that we were able to pull off. I will preface this next question by saying every single person that worked on this movie is very important, but given the fact that you wanted to make everyone on that set, no matter what their job was, feel valued and important there, can you name one theater camp unsung hero? Like we we know the directors, the writers, producers, the actors, but like who is someone else that doesn't get the recognition that they deserve for how they influence an environment like that? I mean, I, I <laughs> when I went, you mean like a true theater camp? Um like, yeah, I mean, I, the women that, that made all the food, um, at my theater camp, um, would also sit with me at lunch and like process, <laughs> she would process like who I had a crush on with me. And we would, um, she like became like a little bit of like a, a mother figure at my three week camp experience. But, um, but yeah, her name was Diane and she would make all the food. And I, I, uh, I love, we have like, we had this amazing woman play the like cook in, in theater camp and her character like pours wine into some of the food, which is a little questionable because this is a comedy. But um, but yeah, everyone supports staff. Everyone is is uh, needed to make a camp run. Is that where your character's name came from, or part of it? <laughs> I I actually have a couple Dianes in my life. Um, that this isn't, but yeah, she's she's a part of that. Um, but I also it's a it's it's based on a Rebecca that I had as an acting teacher. So it's like a combination. And then I also just loved, I wanted like the longest name possible. Um, I wanted her to just be so annoying. Oh, I want to go back now that you brought up an acting teacher to that. Cause I, I love, I love talking about the, the actor coach relationship. Can you maybe name a teacher or a coach you've had and, you know, explain why they made a big impression on you and why the techniques that they use best aligned with how you like to, you know, absorb and apply the notes that you're learning? Yeah. Um, my high school theater teacher, Davida was, um, so special, so spiritual, which I took some of that for Rebecca Diane. Um, but she, um, yeah, she would use um, base every part of our acting class. There was also an element of giving back, and we would um, basically, in a way, to also understand who we were playing, and 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 you know, it, I guess it's in a way like where where we could also um, have a deeper understanding of the characters we were playing. But every play that we would take on would have some element of. Um, of yeah, of, of giving back to the community. And I, I just think like, that's so beautiful because acting is a very self-involved um, job. And she just made it clear that like, you don't want to be that type of person. And being an actor is also, you want to be a curious person. You don't want to be so me, me, me. You want to take in the world and pick up, pick up things and go, oh, do I want to put this into my, my next character or this thing? And it's like, you want to 
collect all these things around the along the way but you also don't want to just be in a community of actors you want to like be in the world and um i've really tried to keep that going in my life but um but i love that like I, she didn't have to do that and and she changed all of our lives and our perspective that is one of the best answers to that question i've ever heard i wish every single set out there would adopt that same practice and mentality i agree i agree um, I did want to go back to the idea of financing a feature film like Theater Camp. I'm curious. So you have this dream. You want to make this movie. Do you remember the first thing that happened that made that dream feel like it was within reach? Like a person you met or like a resource you acquired that made you all think like, yup, we're really going to do it now? I mean, when Jessica Elbaum, who runs Will Ferrell's company, agreed to be a part of it, we were like, oh, this is like a professional person. Like, this is a real, real thing. Um, and I had done Booksmart with Jess and she took me to lunch and was like, you keep staying late when you're done shooting, like, and watching things. And I can tell that you want more. And I, and I want you to always feel like you can come to me if you have any projects or anything you want to talk about. So we brought her a theater camp and when she signed on, it was still a climb. And a lot of people said no, because again, it was an improvised movie with children and first time directors and all this stuff. But it felt like, um, oh, someone with a with good taste is at least not saying that we're horrific. So that's good. I'm sure there are many answers to this question. But because I'll always take an opportunity to talk about Booksmart, when you were staying late on that set, is there, I don't know, any specific memory that you still hold especially tight to, like something you observed that you didn't expect and is now influencing your own work further? Oh, God, so many things. I, I loved being a part of that project. I mean, Olivia um, also created, like you know, you want to create a vibe on set where people want to like hang out where people want to be there. And we had a lot of that, that big like party scenes and all the extras there. She also made everyone feel like, Oh, I really want to be here. Cause there's music playing and there's a food truck and all this stuff. Like people have to stay so late with no money. And she really treated everyone beautifully. And I, I was very inspired by that. But also I think I stayed late to watch Beanie do that, like dance surrealist scene. And I got to watch the rehearsals and then watch them pull that off. And, I was like really thrilled and um, inspired by that. But um, I loved that experience. I adore that entire movie. That is one of the best scenes in the entire film. <laughs> so it's so good. And like, we've all been there of like been lost in our mind and then like we're brought back to reality. That is such a special film. Back to back to theater camp, a personal question inspired by Rebecca Diane's journey in the film. What is something in your career that maybe you loved doing, but came to realize that sticking to it might be holding you back? Like a new, a new step or a step forward that might have been scary to take because it was leaving your comfort zone. But when you did it, you realized that it was a new and exciting opportunity that could help you continue to grow. I mean, I think I had written all this, all of this material and I just hadn't showed it to anybody because I... I think what holds most people back is just fear of failure. And all you have to do is be brave enough to fail. And if you fail, look, you might not make anything else or or you'll try again and you'll learn from that experience. But just first like starting to send out my material and take myself seriously as a writer um, was like a huge like shift for me um, because I had done so much in private. Like I feel like I'm like a private, creative, more creative person or something. And actually working on Shiva Baby and watching girls my age, B 
be so unapologetically themselves and ambitious and knowing that I wanted that too, but I was like doing it more privately um, was like a, a really big shift for me. Okay. Hopefully theater camp changes that forever going forward. More more writing, producing, directing from you. Um, a broader question that I love asking. I was just talking to Noah and I hadn't asked this question in so long and it's one of my favorite. You've just worked with so many incredible co-stars over the years. Can you name someone who has a very similar approach to the work where the second you hit set, the two of you were immediately in sync? But then I want the opposite. I want someone with a very different approach that challenged you to adapt and maybe try something new and for the better? Oh, God, that's such a good question. Um, well, oh God, I got to work with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is my favorite actress on the planet, creative, brilliant, human, kind. She's perfect. And she was, she like is, she studies comedy in a profound way. Like, she is free and off the cuff and improvs, but also like it is so physical and in her body and she'll find the bit and it's like inside of her and practice it and bounce it off of you before she does it. It's like, it kind of felt like she was like a gymnast of comedy or like a ballet dancer. And I was so inspired by that, um, that kind of preparation and really kind of physical comedy that I'm still trying to work on. Like I, I love a little bit more of the like off the cuff, like improv, but I don't always like go for the like practice physical comedy. And that's what she is so good at. And I was so inspired by, and I, um, I worked with her before theater camp and like tried to bring a little bit of that. Um, but I will never even touch anything that she's able to do. Um, and then someone that I was like, I mean, that is so a lot of people I feel, um, you know, working with Rami uh, a couple years ago, like he, we have a similar kind of freedom and, and wanting to kind of just be available to the other actor and let's just see what happens. I think um, I love to prepare, but I also love throwing everything out the window and just being present with another person. And he's like that. So that was a really cool experience. Awesome examples right there. As I wind down with you, I am going to pivot into the bear because I am obsessed and I can't help myself. A <laughs> uh, couple questions about season two here. First, what kind of conversations did you have with, with Chris about, you know, making Claire stand out from the rest of the characters that we met all throughout season one so much and also the value of her standing out? Because literally everything about what you're doing in, uh, in this show with your performance, like the tone, the cadence of the line delivery, the way she's lit even, everything is not what the other characters are doing and how we have seen them. She is something totally different and... Like somehow it feels like it it works. <laughs> I mean, I think what Chris and I were excited about with Claire is like that kindness and like empathy is like a really radical thing now. Like it's so like crazy to just see like a kind character in anything because we're such a kind of pessimistic society now. And um, I think with a show like The Bear, which with the first season that's so like, intense and uncut gems and you know cr crazy energy and uh combustible situation like to have a character that's just like peaceful and and in herself and and really just wants to connect and um wants to be she just wants to be in a relationship where people are good to each other and she also you know Carmi's 
going so fast and and running from so much so much family trauma and all this stuff just looking at another human being is like the most intimate thing he could possibly do so i think the way that they just look at each other and he starts to really like let go and i love that later in the season when we have our kind of sex scene true intimacy for carmy is just staring at another woman like really just deep connection like that and i loved to get to be a to get to be a part of something like that where that was what it wasn't some like sexy naked thing it was just like looking into each other's eyes um yeah and i also you know i've struggled with like work life balance and oh can i only be in pain to produce good work and i just wanted i when chris asked me to be a part of it and i learned what it was i just like kept texting him oh my god i'm so excited that i get to be a part of something that's like talking about this because it's, we all struggle with it. I think I, I related to that mentality a little too much. I'm, I might love my work a little too much. So yeah, we, we, I appreciated exploring that dynamic in this scenario. So we, we learn a lot about what Claire means to Carmen and also all of the other characters in the show, but we don't get very many private moments with her alone. So it was making me wonder, are there any backstory details that might not be canon, but are things that you came up with on your own to like flesh out her world that at this point we can, we could feel informing, you know, the choices that she makes throughout season two. I mean, I, I'm there to, you know, serve Jeremy's storyline in a beautiful way to get to talk about someone who like can't let love in, like to get to be a part of a part of something like that. I felt so grateful for. But I also was like, Claire's a fucking badass. She's like, I, I, I mean, Chris and I talked about she like is so smart. She is a, a doctor at like about to be a full doctor at such a young age. She literally takes no prisoners. We were like, she's been, she was already in a relationship like many years ago with someone like Carmi. And she's like, I'm never doing that again. Like she, you know, when, when, when Carmi gives her the wrong number, first of all, have we ever heard of avoidance? Like, let's just put that into the space. But she calls him and she's like, what the fuck? Like, she's not waiting around for anything. She's just doing what she wants in her life. Um, and I, I really liked that. And she also was not like so um, into gender roles that she's like, you have to call. She's just like, what? I like you. Do you like me? Do you want to do this? And then I also love at the end of the show where, you know, in the fridge scene, she she doesn't she doesn't go to him like, oh, like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like, can I change myself so you'll don't so you won't feel that way anymore? Like she leaves the situation for now. Like, hopefully they'll be a longer journey for them. But for now, like she, I, I liked the idea that she had already been in a relationship where she shrunk to fit and she doesn't want to do that anymore. But it doesn't mean that she, I think she's a romantic, like she, and she does believe in a work like work and romantic work balance. Like what a radical thing I want to learn from that. I, there are people like that. I'm sure you meet where you're like, how do you like have a husband and kids or a wife and you're like killing it at your work like there are those people um but she feels like a superhero in that way like i want to learn from someone who can do that i need a spin-off series with her backstory just so like 
I need to learn these lessons. Like, how did you do it? Give me this information. This this kind of leans into uh, the final scene that I want to talk about a little here. Can you can you kind of walk me through her reaction and figuring out what it needed to be after she walked away from the freezer? Because I don't know, just from my perspective, I find it to be a really beautiful balance of of showing honest hurt, but also expressing everything you just said, where she feels badly about what just happened and maybe she's disappointed but she never loses that confidence in what she knows she wants and needs from a relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think Carmi saying, I don't deserve to give happiness or receive it. When she hears that, she's, I think she's hurt because he clearly doesn't want to be in a relationship right now. But I think she also just feels such deep pain that he's trapped in himself like that. He's literally like in a refrigerator of his own heart. Like it's a crazy thing. And so I... I think I I think she just feels like I'm going to let you go on your journey and then her um conversation with Eben she also does feel so much pride for 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 him and his journey and Eben's whole character journey in season 2 is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and I love that they have that moment of connection cuz Eben cousin wants Carmi to have love so badly and she knows that and like it's this moment of like, it's not working right now, but I'm so proud of you guys. And I, I, I'm, I can still hold both things. Like she's mature enough to do that. Um, and I also love that she doesn't shout at Jeremy. Like she's, she's like, you're in pain. Like it's, it's, it's okay. Um, I'm going to take a little space. And then I have no idea what the future holds for, for anything, but, um, but I really, I liked watching Jeremy smile. I liked watching, his character like have a little bit of joy. I hope he can have more of it, whether that be with Claire or someone else or just through other friends or whatever in his life. Like, I do believe that like, that it's not like the end of the road for him to be happy. I just don't know what that looks like for him. Oh God, my heart, like as you're describing this, all all of like the stress and anxiety, but like the appreciation for the beauty of exploring these complex human emotions and dynamics is, is very fulfilling and satisfying as a viewer. We need more shows that do it as well as this one does. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a, Chris is like a masterclass in like humanity. It's like a crazy, no, and even the like the, the voicemail where like, and I love you is like the hardest thing he could possibly hear. Like that is such a human thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like my whole twenties was understanding like, why do, when I say I love you, this person is angry. Like, I just don't understand this, but it's like, it's just so, it's so real and so true. And, um, you know, I, this new generation of men, I think feel like they can be more open about their feelings, but also like, if you've been told you can't be, you know, open and free and let that out, it's like you have a lot of repressed emotion that needs that is ready to burst forward. God. It's so good. The bear is so good. Theater camp is so good. And I mean that sincerely. The last time we spoke at Sundance, I had to do that interview without having seen the full feature. And then I got to see it. And I'm like, I'm so glad I got to do that interview because that movie was so good and delightful. It brings you right back to camp, gives you a greater appreciation for creating art and creating art with a community that you know and love. So congratulations and keep doing that with all the wonderful people you surround yourself with. I'm rooting for you and all the people that you often work with. I love you guys so much. Thank you. You're, you're such an incredible interviewer. We we felt that was like our favorite interview of Sundance. We didn't even know you hadn't seen the movie. I was like, she knows everything. So you faked it till you make it. Literally, it's perfect. 
<laughs> now I can say sincerely, it's great. Everyone out there, go see it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.